So the Green Lanterns have rings that are powered by the emerald energy of will. If you had a superpower ring, what would it be fueled by? Oh gosh, does it have to be an energy? Because if I could fuel it by uh, people's photos of their food, (laughs) there's a lot of those. Oh my gosh. It makes about as much sense as the will. All right. I power mine with the gray power of cynicism. (laughs) Oh no. There's more than enough of that to go around. Except you left LA. Your name. How? How you? The ring. It chose you. Use its power to defend our universe. Become one of us. Become a green lantern. Brightest day. Blackest night. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, the bad movie podcast. Where we are talking about Green Lantern. The one with Ryan Reynolds. And Blake Lively. I don't actually know if there's been another one. I don't think there has. But they're rebooting it in 2020. Oh, are they? This one was supposed to be a trilogy, but it did so poorly that they decided not to do that. You can see the setup at the end. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, poor Mark Strong. Ryan Reynolds said he was so glad that it did poorly because he didn't want to do it again well he did basically do it again in the form of deadpool except with more swearing the movie starts with a voiceover explaining stuff to us which is how you know that it's going to be a great movie i mean if we did like a drinking game for all of the movies we do on this (laughs) podcast that start with a voiceover explaining us or or words on the screen yeah that explain stuff to us beforehand sometimes both highlander yeah i think we'd be pretty drunk when we were doing these agreed so billions of years ago the emerald energy of willpower was found out how to be harnessed by these guardians. I already have a million questions. Go on. Why is willpower green? That's too... If you don't understand, I can't explain it to you. Next question. If things are being fueled by willpower, Mm -hmm. much like energy is in batteries Uh and it fuels things, then how do people still have willpower left? Shouldn't the use of the green energy be draining, actively draining people of willpower? Maybe it's just from stuff you've already done. Also, I didn't understand that part either, so I can't answer (laughs) that. So yeah, they figured out how to harness willpower, and they built Oa, um, which is the planet where they all converge? Where, like, they do Green Lantern stuff? This looks like a super lame, boring planet. It's pretty bad. Also, the Guardians just kind of, like, hang out on these really tall chairs in a circle all the time. Oh, with insanely long robes. I mean, their robes are, like, 100 feet long, and they just float, and I'm like, how how did you think of this? Like, there was no reason other than lots of drama. You're immortal. Get over it. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and then they watch the universe unfold. And I'm like, that sounds boring. These people need to get hobbies. Hmm. So they uh, split the galaxy universe up into sectors, and every sector has a Green Lantern. I would also be interested to know how they divided it up, because we're in the same sector as some weird, like, red, like, looks just like a person without skin on alien. Yeah, it's kind of purple. Uh, Yeah, they're obviously pretty big sectors. and Because we've never heard of these aliens before, so they can't be that close to us. No, and they said that there had never been a human before. And, like, none of these people had ever seen a human before. And whatever. Anyway, we'll get into that So we're already getting off to a rocky start. (sighs) Yeah. Okay, so Green Lanterns are without fear, and they get a ring to harness the power and use it. Yes. However, a long time ago, there was an entity of fear called Parallax. Yep. The great Green Lantern, Abin Sur, defeated him and imprisoned him on Riot, which is in the Lost Sector. Which, like, does that mean that everybody there died? So there doesn't have to be a Green Lantern there anymore? Or, like, it's obviously not Lost. Like, Well, there's no one it. there. But, yeah, part of the problem with it being named the Lost, the Lost Sector is after all of this info dump explanation, that only raises more questions than it solves. Some people, like some aliens in a ship, crash land on the planet where Parallax is, and then they radio in, oh, we're on a planet in the Lost Sector. It's not lost if you know where it is. That's the thing. It seems like everybody knows where it is, so does that just mean that there's no Green Lantern in it? Right. And does that mean that nothing's alive in that sector? 
So they find Parallax because they fall through the planet into this place and he's there imprisoned. And he says, And then he, like, sucks their skeletons out of them or something. Yep. And then he breaks out of prison. So, really? He just needed the energy of three dudes. Yeah. That's all he needed. They just assumed that no one would ever visit, I guess. Nice prison, Abin, sir. You kind of suck. You don't sound that impressive. It had been a long day. He was really tired, and he was definitely going to get back to it later when he remembered. (laughs) Then we see, actually, Abin, sir... In his spaceship. And Sinestro. So Abinser and Sinestro are both Green Lanterns. Yes. Sinestro is Mark Strong. It's very obviously Mark Strong. Like his face. They just animated his face. Right. He's still an tooth. alien. Yeah. So he's a red alien. He looks like a devil, actually. But I'm, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that the two aliens we see up front are both red aliens. Yeah. How about a little diversity here? <laughs> nice, nice try, Rose. Well, they're different races, but... Yeah. Which we know because Abin Sir doesn't look like he can grow hair. And yet Mark Strong, Sinestro, has a very dapper mustache. He does. Sinestro's on radio with Abin Sir. He's saying that another planet is dead. Uh, Abin Sir, you don't, you don't have to get there and try to save them because they're already dead. And it's the same as last time as this other planet. Traces of yellow power everywhere. All of a sudden, Parallax attacks Abin Sir... He's injured. He gets away in a spacecraft. I would have liked to open on a planet being destroyed by this yellow energy and then cut all of the backstory, which I don't care about. And then, because we already get kind of this whole explanation as to like the emerald energy of willpower later on. Yeah, I know. They kind of explain it twice because Hal asks a lot of questions about it. Ryan Reynolds asks a lot of questions about it. Apparently with this movie, there was a lot of studio editing. Well, in a voiceover explanation is really easy to add in the beginning, but it, it did feel like we were double dipping. Also, the voiceover explanation was so confusing that I just felt like I was, <laughs> the more you try and explain this, the less it makes sense and the more comic book it sounds. Yeah, exactly. So Abinsur is really injured and he tells Sinestro, Heading to the nearest inhabited planet for the selection process. Tell the Guardians, it's Parallax. Cut to Ryan Reynolds waking up in bed with a hot lady. Of's frequent one night stand haver. He is late and he gets in his Mustang and does a whole bunch of super unsafe driving to get to work. Yeah. I don't like Ryan Reynolds in this movie. I don't like I don't Ryan Reynolds generally. At all. I think he's either bland or obnoxious, and I don't think. I think he's usually both. I don't think he can pull off obnoxious, like smart aleck obnoxious in a way that I enjoy. Yeah. He always just seems like a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, well, he always just makes me, like, I guess part of it is his face. He always just makes me think of, like, a kid in high school doing this stuff. We know who else is mad at him. Blake Lively. Yeah. Carol. Worst name ever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For... That's the name I would choose for a fighter pilot. Yeah. The female test pilot. I would definitely go with Carol. Yeah. Um, To be fair, it was, like, the 50s when they made these characters, but... (laughs) Which is why he's called Hal Jordan. Yeah, exactly. So she's mad because he's late and it's a big test and she thinks he can't do it. And she's really nervous. So they're flying against these planes that they call sabers. Did they ever use the word drone? Because I felt like I was left to figure this out on my own. They mentioned unpiloted, I think, at the very beginning of the scene. Okay. But it was really fast, like. Also, this movie is really easy to stop paying attention to. Like, you kind of have to force yourself to do that. So I, like, snapped back and I was like, oh, these are obviously unmanned planes. But they really don't tell you that a whole lot. I was also confused about what they were doing. We find out... It is weird. Yeah, we find out later that actually the company that they work for is making the unmanned planes... Yeah, and so they wanted the pl- unmanned planes to look good, but they were having them go up against, like, they were kind of trash-talking Reynolds to his face. Right, did somebody not tell Ryan Reynolds that the goal was to just act like your normal pilot and let the planes beat you? No, nobody did, because then everybody got mad at him later when 
he beat the planes and they didn't look, you know, he he destroyed all three of the planes. I feel and like, so then everybody got super mad at him. Yeah, I feel like a line in the beginning of, and remember, the sabers have to look good, would have been helpful to me as an audience member. Because I was like, oh, yeah, cool. He's beating these planes. It was really weird. Everybody got super mad at him for everything that he did. So they're going up against these planes and Lively and Reynolds are wingmen. Yeah, they're each flying a plane and Reynolds basically flies recklessly the whole time. Yes. He uses Lively as a decoy and then he breaks the rules of engagement by going above 50,000 feet because he knows that the Sabres will stall Mm-hmm. His plane also stalls, but they're they're under him. So then, when he's going back down, he shoots them. But then he has to eject <laughs> because he he freezes during a dad flashback. We're flashing back to his dad. There's a photo of him on the dash and everything. This was just like a bit of a gag. Yeah, for me, it was so dumb, and I didn't care at all. It was like the sepia tone, black and white, like the, flashing back to the day his father died in a plane accident that he witnessed somehow. Yeah, which is very I it, rare, I think, for plane crashes. Well, I think it must have been an air show, and the plane. This is what I don't understand: the plane caught fire when it was still on the ground. No, see, that's what I thought, too. But then they show it, like, coming down out of the air. So it was also confusingly shot. Yeah, it was very confusingly shot. Because it looked like he was about to take off and then, like, flames behind him. And I started laughing really hard (laughs) because I thought, because that was really funny. Um, Where he's just, like, sitting on the runway, like, I'm going to take off. Fire! And he's running out on the runway. Like, who's letting this kid out there with a plane on fire? And then... His dad, like, comes out of the plane and he's looks like, oh, his dad is fine. Nope, bigger explosion, everyone's dead. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it keeps going back to Ryan Reynolds in the plane and then back to his dad. Oh, it was bad. It lasted forever. Also, yeah. he's been a fighter or test pilot for how long and he's still having flashbacks like this? Anyway, he ejects and, um, oh, also, his friend who was in the control room, mm-hmm. that's Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok. Oh, cool. Yeah. Also, I don't see these two people being best friends. Oh, it was It's later said that they are best friends. I don't buy that for a second. Unless Ryan Reynolds just likes having a nerdy best friend so that he always looks cool. Very strange. Uh, Which I could buy from Hal Jordan, actually. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's super mad at him. And he's, the guy's like, oh, well, I, who's Blake Lively's father, um, the head of the company. And so her dad is super mad at Ryan Reynolds. And he's like. They're going to have to fire a bunch of people. Well, right. Because they're not getting this contract. They thought they would. So a bunch of people are going to lose their jobs. And he's like, you're fired. And Reynolds is like, you can't fire me. I quit. And. Blake Lively is like, no, no, you're not firing him and you don't quit. You're grounded pending an investigation. And I'm like, you can't stop someone from quitting. Yeah. Um, but they, everyone accepts it. Yeah. He's like, oh, all right. Because they're childhood friends. Abin Sir crash lands on Earth and a little green bubble comes out of his ring to go look for new Green Lanterns. We flash to his nephew's birthday party. That he's going to. This was not well explained to me either. There were so many things. Yeah, I was like, wait, does he have a kid? Is this what's happening now? I didn't. Well, and I saw a birthday cake. He walks into the room and I saw a birthday cake on the table and I was like, oh, wait, is it his birthday? Yeah. So my my questions were, oh, does he have a kid? No, wait, is this his birthday? Yeah. The... I don't know how this movie could be both so boring and so poorly written. It's weird because they tell you way too much and then also not enough at all. In different ways. Because here's an example of way too much. When he walks in, this is to let you know that the family has heard what happened. Right. On the news, they're talking about it. With so many personal deets. I don't know why the news would care about that. And they were like, and Hal Jordan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think you'd even hear that name. They were like, the pilot, Hal Jordan, uh, he ejected right after this. His own father uh, died in a test whatever, whatever in this year. And I'm like, really? I don't think that would be on the news. I don't think any of it would be on the news. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because this is a what? private company trying to get an Air Force contract. Right. Like, they're, they're not, not inviting gonna... reporters. Yeah. No, they're not going to tell them that stuff. This whole scene is so pointless because we never see his family again. 
Yeah, and he never he never references them again either as as like any kind of driving force. Nope. But they're super mad at him because he was reckless and his nephew's really freaked out. And um, he's been being reckless. He was in a motorcycle accident a month ago. Right. So I think it was a year ago and he was in the hospital for a month. Well, whatever. Um so the kids really, <laughs> That's how little I care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The kids really freaked out, which who told the kid this was happening? Right. Maybe just don't leave the news on Why did you during your the, child's birthday party. Yeah. Why did you let him listen to the news? Why did you tell him he was doing this dangerous thing? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Anyway, he goes up and gives the kid a plane, blah, blah, blah. He repeats his father's line that he told him. He asked his father earlier, aren't you scared? And he said, it's my job not to be. Yeah. Just in case we're wondering if that's going to be thematically relevant. Probably not in a movie where uh, the hero has to feel no fear. And um, where the the villain is an entity is of fear. A, is a fear monster. Yeah, <laughs> probably. A fear space monster. Probably yeah. not. So the rain bubble finds him. As he's leaving the house. Right. Abinsur dies after giving him the ring. Yeah, he's, he gives him a ring and a lantern, and he says, you have to give the oath with the ring to the lantern or something. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi comes after... Um, how Jordan calls him up and they run away because they're, you know, the government's about to find this thing. Um, Question. mm -hmm. So helicopters are coming right as they're driving away because it's more dramatic. This, the alien ship crash landed quite a while ago since the energy had to go find Hal Jordan, bring him back and then give him the ring. He then buries the alien yeah. And has to get picked up. Why are the helicopters just now coming? And why wouldn't they see the van driving away? It's not really that action-packed, though, because the helicopters aren't shooting at them or anything. Yeah, they're they're I know, just it's driving not. quickly away. There was actually very little action in this movie. Yeah, which I should general. probably be grateful for, because yeah. I can't even <laughs> imagine what an action-heavy version of this movie would have been like. Oh, no. So back on Oa... The Green Lantern planet. Mark Strong wants Sinestro. He uh, wants the Guardians to give him <clears throat> leave to take a team of Green Lanterns and try to kill Parallax. Yeah, the Guardians are being very passive on the whole Parallax situation. They're just like, yeah, uh, we're assessing the situation. I'm like, hey, maybe the time to assess the situation was before two planets had been completely wiped out. That we know of. It's probably been a lot more by now. Yeah. Because he said the four Green Lanterns are dead. Yeah. Including Abin Sir, who's, I guess, this legend. Yeah, I think the time has moved on from assessing the situation. Because then he's like, Let me take the fight to this new enemy. There is much of which you are not aware, Sinestro. Now would be the time to tell them, by the way. Right. And so it, it actually took me a while to realize that they don't, know what parallax is the guardians do but nobody else does yeah because the voiceover kind of made it feel like parallax is just part of the history of yeah but mark strong is saying he's telling them abinsur he seemed to know what it was he said it's parallax yeah but so obviously nobody else knows which how is that a secret like how could you keep something like that a secret yeah it's our arch nemesis but don't tell anyone also he they agreed to let him take a squad of the best green lanterns to try and fight it and they still don't tell him anything about it yeah i know right like a little warning would be nice yeah like maybe train to not be afraid maybe do some extra training first also this is his deal yeah no none of that these guardians are the worst they're not very good at their jobs they really are they just sit there like if you want something you have to go talk to them and then maybe they'll talk to you about it yeah so this uh, next scene is where we first see Peter Sarsgaard as Hector Hammond. He is some kind of scientist. He's a xenobiologist. Yeah, that's dumb. Um, Which is why he was selected for this, among other reasons. Among other reasons, says Angela Bassett. Uh, he gets taken from his apartment in the middle of the night and, like, bag over his head style. Yeah. Taken to this government lab, and they're like... This is an alien life form. It's the first one we've seen. Uh, we want you to do the initial whatever. And I was like, really? This scientist, who, he like is so unaware that you have to put a bag over his head to take him here. This is the guy you want. There's nobody else. Yeah. If he's that great, 
why isn't he already here? Yeah. Anyway, while he's doing the autopsy, oh, also during the autopsy, he's like, the eyes and the nose and the mouth, they appear humanoid. And I'm like, the entire body is humanoid. (laughs) The only difference is, like, you can see through his skin and he has three fingers. Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Okay, so as Hammond is poking around, I mean, he's literally poking around the wound (laughs) that the alien has. Real scientific. Yeah. He gets zapped by some of the yellow energy that is left in the wound. Yes. And it, like, absorbs in his finger. And it's kind of funny because instead of doing anything with the information, he's like, okay, great, here's my autopsy or whatever. Uh, They're just like, okay, great, don't tell anyone. And also... This feels like it should be a long-term project. Yeah, I know. Instead of just, like, sending him back to his life, that was so weird. Ryan Reynolds is trying to figure out how to work the ring. And it's so funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Get it? Because he can't figure it out. It's so funny. Yeah. And it's not hard. All you have to do is like tap the lantern. I know. The one thing he's like trying all these different because he doesn't know what the oath is. He's trying all these different oaths. The one thing he didn't do until he does it by accident is actually touching the ring to the lantern. I'm like, I don't want to say this is the first thing most people would try, (laughs) but it is literally the first thing I would have tried. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and as soon as the green energy starts flowing out, he says the oath. Right, it's like like it's magically transformed into his brain. I would argue, legally, that seems like it's under duress. I would not call that a binding contract, considering you didn't show him the oath and say, here, say this if you agree with this. It was just, nope, you're going to say it, now you're the Green Lantern. That is true, because also no one explained to him what being a Green Lantern even was. Yeah, no. Blake Lively shows up and she's like, hey, can we talk? Can I come inside? And he's like, no, you can't come in here. There's not a Green Lantern with an alien, blah, blah, blah. So like, would you even notice the Green Lantern on the table? She'd be like, oh, where did you get that? An antique store and move on. Like, who cares about the Green Lantern? Yeah, maybe just don't tell her about your day. So he says, let's go get a drink. And they go to a pool hall and they're talking about stuff. She's like, I'm worried about you. Because I went over the the diagnostics and there's nothing wrong with the plane. There's nothing wrong with the controls. What happened? This is also when I kept expecting this to happen before. I knew they were going to do this. Like reveal that, oh, they used to date. But then it's like maybe they weren't dating dating. Like maybe they just slept together once. Yeah, it seemed maybe like that was what happened. It was also not well defined. Like. I can't tell you how bored I was during this scene. Oh, it was really bad. Um, I don't care about their relationship. It's never built up in an interesting way. No. And I don't believe that they are interested in each other. Carol is such a boring character. She's very boring. And so basically you just find out that, like, they dated and he sucked. Huge surprise. Because she's like, oh, the last time we were here is when you forgot my birthday. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and it was also the first time we, you know. And I was like, oh, Cool. Is that the kind of girl that Carol is? Like, forget forget your birthday. That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, he gets beaten up when he leaves the uh, pool hall. Mm -hmm. This is where he discovers his powers. Yeah. Beaten up by people that are mad they lost their jobs. Yeah. And he accidentally 100% kills at least one of them. I know. The guy who gets thrown through a brick wall. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That guy's dead. And he does do it accidentally. Oh, it's an accident. But still. But yeah. They're very injured now. Yeah. We also see that Hector Hammond is having a real bad night. That's a lot of his character in this movie, actually. It's just him, like, having a terrible time. Yeah, he's, like, going through a physical transformation. So he's, like, tossing and turning in bed. Yeah, he gets up and, like, his eyes are yellow now. And, yeah, it's it's weird. I felt kind of mad for this guy. Oh, He did not ask for what happened to him. His story was way too sad. He never made a choice. Yeah. And that's why, that's what they did wrong with Hammond. He never made the choice. It just happened to him. It was yeah, way too sad. Because once he's infected, you don't... Once he's infected, you feel like his mind has been infected, and therefore a lot of the choices he's making aren't choices that he's necessarily making. Exactly. So you... It's never in, even implied that he could have fought this and won. Or that he could have used it for good somehow. Like, it's right. just... Yeah. Yeah. But while he's having a terrible night, 
Hal Jordan is flying through a wormhole into suspended animation where he gets green lanterned by, like, <laughs> white energy that zaps him and it hurts. I, they do keep shocking him for some reason. Never explained. But while he's just being an shocked. just for him to be in his underwear. Probably. But while he's being shocked, they he does get his uniform his on. horrible computer suit. The mask is terrible. And what it mostly makes me think of is The Mask with Jim Carrey. Oh. Because even his eyelids are covered by the mask. Like, there's nothing around the eyes. Yeah. And later on, Carol says, why is your skin green? This didn't look like his skin was green. she doesn't know what skin is. Well, yeah. So, but what it kind of seems to imply is that the movie maker's intention is his skin has turned green and that's what his suit is. But it doesn't look like his skin. The texture no. of it doesn't look like his skin. I mm, yeah, I was confused by the whole suit thing. It was weird. But a fish alien is his guide. Yeah. And he's like, oh, your translator's working well. Because they can talk to each other. Right. If and it's his translator in his head, why does the fish have a British accent? Uh, everyone has a British accent except for... Michael Clark Duncan? Yes. So once again, this is a Scorpion King thing. Everyone yep. has a British accent except for Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. Love it. He's the drill sergeant. One yeah. knocks him into shape. Talking fish. Actually, my race is Zadarian. Our DNA does somewhat resemble your own ichthyological species. Why does your DNA resemble fish DNA? That doesn't make sense at all. Especially since he's walking around. Like, he doesn't need water or anything. He's just walking around. Yeah, honestly, like, you're raising a lot of questions just by implying that you have similar DNA. Yeah. You have DNA at all. Not similar traits, just similar DNA. Yeah. So he tells them all about the Guardians. They're immortal. They're responsible for all of this. And Will is the strongest source of energy in the universe, he says. And also it's green. I'm sorry, that's the only answer you get. He explicitly <laughs> says that it's green. This that's all. so confusing. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, if I had to choose a color to portray Will, it would probably be red. Uh, the color of devils. That <laughs> tells me something about you, Rose. Or passion and desire. No. Both of those things that you would assume you would need to have a strong will. And if you were a devil. Okay, well... Green is envy, so... That's true. So we also get, like, a little bit of a breakdown on what he can do with his magic ring. So he can fly, he can create objects, it also acts as a warning system. I don't know that we ever actually see it acting as a warning system. One time. One time when Parallax is coming, we see it. But we don't see it act as a warning system when right after the guy says that, he gets punched. Yeah, and he's like, right now the threat is this guy, but it doesn't go off. Yeah, like, okay, does that tell me my ring is broken? Is that what you're trying to show me here? Yeah. Right, so Michael Clark Duncan is the uh, drill sergeant alien who's, like, knocking him around and doesn't like him and all this stuff. Welcome to Ring Slinging 101, or as I like to call it, the worst day of your worthless life. Sinestro also doesn't like him. He comes up and he's like, I'll take it from here. I hate this whole scene. It makes no sense. Why are they being so antagonistic? I get that you're sad that Abin Sur is dead, but come on. This is a group of 600 different aliens. But you are prejudiced against humans for some reason? He says, oh, I've heard about humans. You guys think you're the center of the universe. Because they literally don't know about any other alien race. Right, and it's like, oh, are you saying that we're the only species that have negative traits? Or the only species that, before they knew of other alien species, thought they were the center of the universe. Yeah, exactly. Also, we don't think that. We just think that we're the only ones in it. Yeah. Also, he's had about an hour of training. I know! And Sinestro comes in and is like, why are you awful at this? (laughs) He's like beating him up and throwing things at him and sword fighting. So he's fighting this guy who's had, like, a lifetime of experience working as a Green Lantern. And he's had about an hour of down and dirty training. And Sinestro's mad because he's not as good as Abin Sur, who was apparently the greatest one ever. Who was his trainer. And yeah. therefore had been doing it for even longer than Sinestro. Like, what is going on? Like, does Mar- is Mark Strong just supposed to be the l- most unlikable character of all time? Because that's what you're doing. He was so unfair. In the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the only reason they're doing this is to set up the end 
he was so grossly unfair. It was like he'd, he'd never seen a, a new Green Lantern before. Is kind of what it yeah, felt like. Yeah, I know. And he was like, oh, swords. That's so human. And it was like, well, you know, he is a human. Did you realize that? Well, yeah. By the way, his trainer built such interesting objects as rocks and discs. I know. So let's not act like all of these aliens are coming up with really interesting, creative things to make with the Green Lantern energy. Which, I, I, I say this because I'm going to use this word for it, constructs is what they're called. Okay. Fear is the enemy of will. Will is what makes you take action. This makes no sense to me. I would assume that indecision would be the enemy of will. Fear can make you... Or apathy. Yeah, yeah. Fear can decide a lot of things for you. And it's really interesting because fear is made out to be the worst thing that you can have in this whole movie. Yeah. Fear exists because it's helpful. I know a a lot of people are afraid. And it's interesting because... But it's the reason a lot of species still exist. Because they didn't just run headlong. Yeah, they didn't just run headlong into danger. There are whole books about... um, There's that book, The Gift of Fear. And it's about, like, when you meet somebody and you're not sure, listen to that. Yeah. And I think in a society where you're not constantly fighting for survival, it's easy to be like, oh, fear is bad. Just don't be afraid of stuff. But it's really important. Anyway, he's he's upset with him, and basically, he's like, okay, well, then I'll just quit, and he goes back to Earth. Yep. So, I hope you're happy with yourself, because guess what? Sinestro doesn't get the ring back. No, The ring I shows, know. everyone goes on and on about how the ring chooses you. I know. So, he shouldn't be mad at Hal Jordan. He should be mad at the ring. I know, and he was just ragging on the Guardians, like, don't you trust the Green Lanterns? I don't know, don't you trust the Green Lanterns? Because this guy is one. Well, enough of that. Hammond is a science teacher. This brings up even more questions about why he was chosen by the government to do alien autopsy. Yeah, I know. He's teaching a class on extremophiles, basically. Yeah. He kind of has a freak out during class and um, thinks that he hears this kid calling him a loser. I think it's implied that he does hear their thoughts. I guess it's not explicitly said one way or the other. Yeah, and it, it makes it does make sense with the reaction shots that you see and, like, the facial expressions that you're seeing from people. I guess if it was supposed to be, like, not what they were thinking, they would have looked more confused. But I, I guess I sort of thought that it wasn't what they were really thinking because his whole thing is supposed to be fear. So I thought it's like, oh, he's afraid that this is what's happening. And, well, anyway, another example of them being a little confusing... Maybe just to me. (laughs) (laughs) He then realizes that something's wrong because he makes the kid fly across the room. His eyes eyes turn yellow. Kid flies across the room, blah, 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 after he calls him a freak in his head. Mm -hmm. And he's then sitting at a lab and his microscope is insanely good. Yeah. He's looking at this real-time, like, model simulation of his blood. Like, that is not the kind of school that you are sitting in right now. Like, they do not have that equipment. Yeah. His blood is all turning yellow. It's becoming infected. And he doesn't do anything about it. He never talks about it. He never looks worried. He's just like, oh, okay, doing, okay. like, experiments on the side, trying to fix it. Yeah, this is happening now. He goes to see his dad later, and it turns out his dad is the one. No, this is so confusing. Okay, he gets a text from his dad that says, hey, meet me at 3 p.m. at the office. He's like a congressman. Yeah. But he was uh, the person who was looking at the the test planes in the beginning. Yeah. His father congratulates him on being chosen by the group to dissect the alien and says, oh, that was because of me. So then Hammond is really disappointed because he didn't get it himself. And then he leaves. Why did his father want to meet him in person at it was 3 like, p.m.? It was like just to tell him like, hey, just so you know, I got you that. And this could have easily been a phone conversation. This guy's a busy man. Exactly. This was so pointless. And it was really weird, too. Because here's the thing. If this is the kind of pull, nobody has that kind of pull. Uh, Honestly, nobody has the kind of pull that's like, hey, get my inexperienced son in (laughs) there and look at the alien for the first time ever. And they're like, great, sure, we'll do it. And if he did have that kind of pull... Why does he not have a government job now? Yeah. He would have already been on right. track to be that. Like, why did you just let him sit there as a science teacher and only just now you're doing this? Like, that yeah. part makes no sense. If he's that ambitious for his own son, he would have already moved his career somewhere else. Yeah, gotten him. A, yeah, that's a good point. The government job thing. 
I don't know why they didn't have Hammond go to his father's office to try and talk to him about what he was going through and then get blown oh. off because his father's really busy. But I'm glad you got that thing. I was the one that did it. That would have been way better. Yeah. So we have a brief cut to Sinestro's team of Green Lanterns oh, fighting Parallax. They all get killed except for Sinestro, which I'm like, were you going to fight with them? <laughs> just watching. Just hanging out in back. Yeah. Like all the best generals. Yeah, just hanging out in back. He feeds on fear. This movie is when I learned that fear lives in your skeleton. <laughs> it's the fear in your bones, you know. Oh, fear. okay. Gotcha. I didn't realize that was so literal. Yeah. It was a scientific phrase. It is. That's why my yeah. bones hurt when I watch horror movies. Is that... I really want you to go to a doctor. <laughs> I'm very worried now. Because uh, it's like their skeletons get sucked out of them. And yeah. it's, it's weird. Sinestro goes back to the Guardians and he's like, listen to this. And the Guardians are like, okay, now that we've lost a bunch more Green Lanterns, <laughs> presumably the best of the best, yeah. now we're going to tell you the backstory. Parallax used to be a guardian, and this was when they were looking for other energy sources, and they were like, what about fear? Then they realized, like, no, maybe this is a bad idea. It's too strong. We can't control it. This was after they made some kind of fear chamber that's yes. filled with yellow energy. Yeah. They went a long way on this project before they decided to pull Really the plug. far. Like, way too far. Like, how, what were the testing phases? Yeah. Anyway, they all decide, oh, no, um, we're not going to do that. But he's like, yeah, I think it's probably still a good idea. So he walks in and gets infected by fear and becomes parallax. Sinestro, he wants a yellow ring. Yeah, he of wants course. to fight fear because over fear. Because when I heard that story, I was like... This is great. Everyone should use fear power. Is that what you thought immediately? That that yeah, was the I was best like, idea? Yeah, I was like, if this immortal guardian who has been around for longer than most universes was easily consumed by fear, then it's a force that I definitely can master in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. That's what I thought, too. My first thought. And then the guardians go with it? Yeah. Guardians are totally cool with this. Because the last time you said, how much worse could it get, parallax <laughs> happened. Yeah. So, go for it again, I guess. Why couldn't they start looking into other power sources other than fear and will? Like, it does feel like maybe you should expand your options. Uh, nope, those are the only two emotions, Rose. Yeah. Uh, that's why fear is the opposite of will, somehow. We're back on Earth, and uh, Hammond and Hal Jordan are both out of function, and they know each other. Apparently, there were childhood scenes where Hammond, Jordan, and Carol all knew each other as children. That would have been helpful if it had still been in the movie. There was like a te like 10 minutes of that, but it all got cut. Yeah, I mean, I don't love childhood flashback scenes, but I feel like that would have been helpful yeah. because it was they're weird. like, oh, hey, Hal Jordan, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, hey, Hector Hammond, like, glad to see you. And I'm like, you guys are in literally completely different fields. I know. Working well, for not even different companies. Yeah, not even in the same circles. Like, Hector's not in the top tier of science. Yeah. Uh, sorry. He wasn't. Yeah. Previous to that one night. Senator Hammond walks up and just, like, starts insulting his son yeah. in front of him. He's like, oh, hey, Hal Jordan. Like, yeah. you're the son I never had. Oh, hi. Son. Basically, <laughs> he's like, well, there are doers and there are thinkers. You're definitely a doer. And, and the thing is, since I didn't know that they were childhood friends, I didn't piece that together until later. I was like, it's really weird that Reynolds says something that's basically defending Hammond. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, well, you know, without thinkers, doers couldn't do stuff. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't build my, my job plane. possible. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Everybody feels really bad for him, basically, in this scene. And yeah. once again, this is the whole thing that they did wrong with this movie. Hammond's story is too sad, and I don't like it. Yeah. It's way too sad. Also, did you notice? So Jordan walks up to Carol. Hal walks up to Carol and he's like, oh, wow, that's really pretty. And they're looking at a plane and he's like, he's like, that's beautiful. And she's like, yeah, it looks really good. He's like, I was talking about your dress. You don't see your dress for like two minutes because <laughs> it's strapless and we just see shoulders up. <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> we also see that Carol has no people skills at all. 
because she walks up to Hammond. She's so awkward during it. Carol, by the way, not present during the previous <laughs> scene where Senator Hammond was insulting his son. Which makes me think that just everybody knows that Senator Hammond is horrible to his son. Right, because then she says, I know it couldn't have been easy growing up with your dad. She wasn't there for when his dad insulted her. This just makes me think that this is her default conversational thing whenever she's around Hector Hammond. I know. She brings up like, I'm sorry about your dad, man. Yeah, seriously. But he clearly has a huge crush on her. Yeah. Senator Hammond makes a speech and then gets on a helicopter. Is that his exit? Yeah. She's just just leaving. He's just leaving from a helicopter because he's that weird. The helicopter that's right next to the huge party they're having. Take a cab. Where are you going? Yeah. And Hammond has uh, had enough of that. Hector Hammond. Yes. So he uh, tries to kill his father with his mind. Yeah, he explodes a beer tap that oh, the tap yeah. hits and the top goes an important off and part of the helicopter, I'm which then causes all, it to All land. parts of a helicopter seem important. I don't um, know. I've seen a lot of war movies where people are just firing machine guns at helicopters and they seem to be fine. So well, this, that's he had true. really good aim. So then the helicopter's crashing. And right. And on like, innocent people. <laughs> right. So that's the weird thing. Hal Jordan is like, oh, it's my chance to use my ring. So he does. And he doesn't stop the helicopter from crashing. It crashes into the ground and slides a whole bunch. And yeah, but I think he stops it from landing on anyone. He does. He yeah. So he, his constructs are ridiculous. It is like a child <laughs> yeah. out of this. Well, it literally is like a child because he creates a racetrack yeah. and a little car, race car thing around the helicopter. And that's how he's funneling it around places. Call back to the beginning scene in his nephew's room. Exactly. When he uses the little racetrack toy. Yeah. But also the stage is falling on Carol and her father. Yeah. So he also saves them from being crushed to death because you have to save the girl. Like this is the rules of superhero. Absolutely. So then he gets the plane to skid dangerously to a halt, but nobody's hurt. No one's hurt. No one's hurt through all of this, but he is But Carol is kind of like collapsed on the ground, although I don't think she's actually fainted. She's just on the ground. But no immediate harm is going to come to her because everything has stopped moving. The stage collapse has been finished. The helicopter's fine. She's on the ground. Jordan, as the Green Lantern, walks over and picks her up gently. Oh, I know. It's so... What was the point of that? Especially if she's just going to wake up immediately. He hands her to her father. And she's just leaning on And then she's on her her feet again. And then she's awake again. And I was like, are you kidding me? He's filmed, by the way, when this happens. So everybody knows there's some weirdo in a terrible suit out saving people. Hector Hammond is having another bad night, but getting hotter by the minute. (laughs) Just kidding. He's extra deformed and looks like a mix of a frog and someone with the world's largest forehead (laughs) and a very receding hairline. So just all the checking all the boxes there. And his screaming calls to Parallax because we see a shot to Parallax and he's like, what? I heard that. And starts like heading towards Earth or something. Okay. I was wondering where Parallax went to Earth. I missed that bit. Yeah. He was was like, hold on, buddy. I'm coming for you. Okay. I thought this was super lazy. Taika Waititi comes over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's like, let me see the ring. Was that you? Let me see the ring. And he's like, okay, here you go. And then Taika's like, don't superheroes always get the girl? That was how they had to get him to Blake Lively. Are you kidding me? Then he just pops over. He's like, oh my gosh, you're right. And then he just pops over to Blake Lively's balcony in costume. In, uh, in, in sunset on her balcony. Yeah. Yeah. This was bizarre. While she's wearing, is that what she wears for a night at home? <laughs> yeah. She's wearing a <laughs> nice red dress. And yeah. it's, yeah, anyway. I always wear my tightest fitting clothes when I'm doing work at home. You know, she's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is amazing. And this is when she realizes that it's him. She literally gets close enough and she's like, is that you, Hal Jordan? And I'm like, you should have been able to see that from 20 feet. It hides nothing. (laughs) No. She's like, did you think I wouldn't recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? And I'm like, you didn't until you were three inches from his face. Yeah. So To be fair. (laughs) Exactly. And that's when she asks, why is your skin green? That's such a weird Yeah, weird line. He's kind of explaining everything to her, and then he says he quit. If for once you didn't quit something you cared about, what's the worst that could happen? It was very touching. You've given us a lot to think about, Blake. Or it would be touching if I cared about 
any of these characters, which I don't. Hammond is taken in to see his father again. They come get him from his apartment, and they're like, oh, we have something else to show you. But it's just because he's, like, very disturbing and obviously infected by something. So what happens is Angela Bassett, who is the scientist, they're like, so we actually found when we were doing the autopsy, which makes me... I mean, it just underlines that he didn't do the real autopsy. I know, because they had somebody redo it later. Yeah, they were looking at it later without him. Yeah. So he, uh, they're like, yeah, we've actually found that there were two life forms in here, and you've been infected by this one. And he's like, nope, I feel fine. Never felt better. Nope, 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 I'm fine. He touches her, and he flashes to the memories of her family being murdered. Right. They're going to sedate him. Why did they ever let him wake up? Yeah. That was a, she's like, keep him sedated. And he's like, okay, just wait five minutes while I pull this shot up. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, he starts killing everyone and uh, Green Lantern flies in. They're not together and they're both kind of debilitated. And Hammond touches him and can see everything. Yeah, so he knows it's Hal Jordan. Yeah, he sees, he his, sees his fears and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, all his past and everything like that. Hal Jordan is able to talk to Parallax yeah. by putting the ring on Hector's forehead. Yes. I don't understand that at all. And it's not much of a conversation. And Parallax is like, I'm coming to Earth, and I'm going to eat everyone, and then I'm going to go to Oa and eat everyone also. Yeah. Hal Jordan's just like, all right, well, I'm going to run away. I know. He, he just leaves. Yeah. How did Hector get out of there? He should not have been able to leave. Like, you could have fixed this. Yeah. What even happened? He's back at home the next time we see him. Are you kidding me? I just, you know, it's not like I endorse killing just as a solution to problems. But, like, I 100% think you could have killed Hammond. Yeah. Same. It's weird that he like, didn't. Like, he was uncontrollable and beyond fixing yeah at this point with the technology that you currently have <laughs> exactly and apparently he could not be contained yeah and not that the green lantern made much of an attempt to contain him but he didn't make no attempt as far yeah. as i can tell is he gonna run away from earth like yeah. if parallax kills everyone i feel like just your basic instincts are gonna tell you to fight him I feel like this was only so that he could go back to his friends and have a conversation about how he was actually afraid. Like, where he finally admits that he's afraid and he doesn't know what to do. That makes sense. I feel like they could have had that without saying he's going to run away. Well. Because there's no choice. The problem was the way they set up the fight scene. Because by having to split the fight scene for no good reason. Mm-hmm. It just kind of meant that this scene felt like it was shoehorned in so he can talk about how afraid he is. Like, if if his friends had been with him when Hammond went crazy. Yeah. So you try and contain him and then you quickly have a conversation about how you're afraid. I don't know. Like, there had to be a better way to set this whole thing up. Yeah. To where it didn't just feel like he ran away from something that's inescapable and didn't even attempt to solve the problem. Yeah, exactly. Because then while he's talking to his friends, Blake Lively gets in the whole, like, what the moral of the movie is, I guess, which is... The ring didn't see that you were fearless. It saw that you had the ability to overcome fear. That's the switch that the comic books made. And it's a much better moral. So, for some reason, he has to go to Oa. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he, he goes like, to Oa, where they've made the fear ring, and Sinestro's ready to use it, and he's like, great, and then I'll train, like, the whole core in how to use fear, and then we'll go fight him. Yeah, Jordan shows up, and he's like, hey, guys, like, can I have some help? And, but he doesn't take any help with him back to Earth, actually. Well, it's because they they say that they're not willing to risk it, and then he's like, okay, well, just let me fight. So They couldn't have stopped him, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you weren't doing anything here. Yeah. Like, you had duties here. Go mm-hmm. home. They were going to let Earth die anyway. Yeah. They weren't going to try to stop it. So, okay, go for it. So anyway, he just goes to Oa just to, like, waste time. But he does stop Sinestro from putting on the fear ring, saying, no, we shouldn't do this. Also, can I have some help? He gets back to Earth, and Hammond has Carol suspended in the air and floating around. With a syringe of the fear stuff on her That's right. He's going to inject her. 
and she's unconscious for some reason. Yeah, because if Carol is more like him, then she'll get with him. Want to be with him? I feel like this is a man who's never seen Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, right. Hal Jordan tricks him by saying, "Like, well, here, take the ring. Like, why can't you be like me? You take the ring, then let her decide." Yeah. So he puts the ring on. He does not change appearances. And then he uses it to destroy something. And he's like, well, I lied. I'm just going to kill you anyway. He's like, oh, psych. And then Hal Jordan is like, I lied too. The ring is still mine because it has to choose you. And he, because he stops himself from getting the green energy. Parallax gets to Earth. And the first stop is to see his fear protege, Hammond. And suck him up. He's mad, I guess, that that Hammond didn't kill the Green Lantern. And he says, you've disappointed me. And he kills him. Yeah. And it's too sad. I know. Hammond got a raw deal on this. Oh, I don't like it. He was not. And I was thinking about this and I was like, what did they do wrong? And I realized that there was no point where you saw him make the choice. Yeah. I mean, they I'm sure they told themselves like, oh, it was inside of him all along. Blah, 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 blah. I think what it was supposed to be was that the end deal was his opportunity to be a stand-up guy. But the problem is he was already infected by the fear energy. That's the thing. We see that literally no one can stand up to this. If the Guardian was infected by fear and turned into this, how is he supposed to fight it off? Well, and we see, I mean, spoiler alert, like we see the cutscene in the credits is Sinestro putting on the yellow ring for no apparent reason. Just Uh, just because. Just just wanted to try it out. Yeah. And he, his suit immediately turns yellow. So Sinestro, a green lantern, can also not stand up to the yellow energy yeah so nobody can and it's just this poor guy's life was just destroyed Mm -hmm. it's really sad and they they did it completely wrong i was thinking about like doc ock like what makes him different from doc ock right doc ock chose it yes he had a lot of chances to go back and it's again what you said like nothing's infecting his mind yeah and nothing about his power was innately evil like he used his power to do evil things and I think, like, as it goes on, they're like, oh, I think this is maybe infecting his brain or something. But I feel oh, like they like just saying that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's what makes them crazy. Yeah. Carol launches missiles at Parallax, which somehow does yep. something, which is weird to me. Like, I, I guess know, it's yeah. I guess it's energy, but... They are fighting him like he's a physical entity, though. Yeah. And it seems to be working. Yeah, so that's weird. He fights Parallax with the most ridiculous constructs. Yeah. They're all, they're so childlike that yeah. it just takes you out of the scene, I feel. You're just like, what am I watching right now? Especially because they're bright green. <laughs> he is drawing Parallax away from Earth. Yes, towards the sun. Yeah, because he remembers something that somebody said, the bigger you are, the faster you burn in a sun. And yeah, with the gravitational force. So he's standing super near a sun and is like jet, like jets are pulling him the other way, construct jets. And then he punches Parallax into the sun. It's just weird because I don't know why he needs the jets. The willpower should just augment his own resistance to the gravity. Jets are just a visualization of the willpower. You don't need it. Well, that actually makes me wonder why they need any construct at all. I understand it if only because we can physically see where the willpower is hitting someone. Yeah. But certainly to just resist the gravitational pull, we don't need jets. Yeah. It's just his own willpower in resisting gravity. But he uses the power, I guess, that was holding the jets to punch Parallax into the sun. So then he starts yeah, going he, into the sun. because he moves out of the harness. Like, he takes yeah. off the harness that the jets are on, and then they disappear. And I'm like, you couldn't have just disappeared the jets? Like, you had to physically take off your imaginary harness? No telling. And he's floating into the sun. Because now he's tired. Yeah. That was all of his energy. All of his will. Power. Yep. Sinestro and some other Green Lanterns pull him back. I guess they were just watching. <laughs> the whole time. Very unclear. <laughs> Apparently what it was is there was a scene where they were all helping. Oh. And it was cut out. Just to make him seem more heroic? I guess. The problem is it makes me feel like Parallax Parallax is actually less awesome because... Yeah, he was able to do it all by himself. After two hours of Green Lantern training. Yeah, exactly. 
Also, it's a really simple solution. Just throw him into a sun. Like, yeah. why didn't Abin Sur think of that? Right. And then Sinestro makes this whole speech about how, like, you're human bravery. Like, you're so brave after all. And I'm just like, this is the only reason you were bad-mouthing him in the beginning, is so that this would feel like it had more weight. I know. Because you earned his respect. I'm like, do you want his respect? He's a huge jerk. Yeah, I mean, the stakes for him personally were always really low, because it's not like Carol hated him. You know, it's yeah. not like n- he was never trying to win something back that he didn't have. And he didn't care about Sinestra's respect. No, because he was fine just quitting. He had already quit. Yeah. Because Sinestra never liked him. Yeah. And he, and he never asked to be part of this. Right. Of all the lanterns who have ever worn the ring, there was one whose light shined brightest. At first, his humanity was thought to be a weakness. And yet it proved to be his greatest strength. What about him being human? What specific to his human experience made him better able to defeat Parallax than just any of the other Green Lanterns? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when he was explaining human idioms to the Guardians and he was like, we have a saying on Earth, I'm only human. It doesn't mean that we're (laughs) we're weak. It just means blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, that doesn't translate great because no one else is human, right? Yeah. Just meaning that you accept that you're fallible. Also, you shouldn't have to explain this concept. Yeah. None of them are claiming to be perfect, except possibly the Guardians. But here's the other thing. Nobody says I'm only human as they're starting to try something. Yeah. They say it when they haven't done it well. Yeah, when they failed. Yeah. They say it as an explanation. Yeah. Not to buck ourselves up for something. Yeah. But it was just the weird thing of, like, his humanity had nothing to do with his ability to do this. No, because they never displayed that, I mean... From what we could see, all of the aliens had very similar moral values. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It wasn't like Captain Kirk being able to do something that Spock couldn't because Spock doesn't have emotions. Like, it, there was or nothing. Or that Bones couldn't do because he had too much emotion. Right. There yeah. was nothing. Ugh, it was very, it was a weird, and it's one of those lines that didn't have to be in there. No. You could have just said, like, oh, it shows that humans are just as great as every other alien race. And that would have been <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, no dice. So he and Carol start a long distance thing. Yeah. Hal Jordan, not Sinestro and uh, Carol. <laughs> Although that would be an interesting plot, oh, no. plot twist. I would like to see Sinestro meeting Carol and being like, oh, hey. Yeah, right? And her returning the feeling. Whatever. So mid credit scene, like Rose said, Sinestro puts on the yellow ring. Now set up for the second movie that never happened. Poor Mark Strong. So um, Clancy Brown voiced Parallax. Oh. Yay, Clancy Brown! I know, I love he him so like much. He had, like, five lines. I know, right? And, like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. And it was heavily changed. Yeah, voice I altered and I couldn't that. tell it was him at all. This movie was such a disaster. I can totally see that there was... Like, I, I can totally understand there being a lot of studio meddling in the edit. Especially when you're saying that there were things that were shot, that were cut, and there were, you know, other things that were possibly added. Like, I can totally see that because this movie was so scattered and really unfocused, but also really confusing. Yeah, it was. Like, I can see that happening. There was one person that I read who said that Parallax was actually supposed to be a third act reveal. Oh, like it's just Hammond the whole time, and then we find out there's not Trinity. Sure. Yeah, like they're not sure if Ham. They're worried about Hammond turning evil. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I just think the Guardians. You know, they're like the immortal Guardians who they did nothing rule over the, the whole universe. Time. Yeah, they were worthless, and they made a lot of poor decisions. They only made poor decisions. They except themselves- when they said, okay, we'll wait to put the fear ring on. Yeah, but they allowed themselves to be bullied by Sinestro. Yeah, he didn't even have to try that hard. No. He's like, let's do this. And they're like, good idea. None of it worked. Ryan Reynolds didn't work in the character at all. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because even like the jokes didn't work, but I feel like he has good comedic timing. I don't think he's funny. I've never thought he was funny though. So I'm not a really good judge as to whether he was funny in this movie because I've never seen a movie where I thought he was funny, including Deadpool. Maybe that was it. I just, I felt like his timing and delivery was good, but it wasn't funny. Oh, apparently the director had only one choice for this that he wanted. The director, by the way, is Martin Campbell, who did Casino Royale. Yeah. So he uh, he's a bit hit or miss in his stuff, but he's done mm-hmm. some good things. 
He only wanted Bradley Cooper for this. That would have been amazing. And you know what's funny is watching this movie, I was like, yeah, I just don't like Ryan Reynolds as much as I like Bradley Cooper. That's so that funny. That was literally the thought that yeah. I had. Well, if so Martin me Campbell and Martin Campbell, we see had things had eye way. to eye. Yeah, That's exactly. So funny. Yeah, and this also makes me just feel sorry for DC just all over again. Oh, I know. DC sinks so much. Okay, so the budget for this movie was $200 million, which is already insane. Like, oh, it should never have been that high. Nuts. And it's it only, bizarre. Yeah, and it only made $219 million, which wouldn't have even covered the advertising money they spent on it. I know. Every time a DC movie comes out, I just kind of cringe a little inside because they're always so awful. I mean, Wonder Woman was good. Do you think that part of it is that they're so, like, with each passing failure, they're so afraid that they just, like, the studios make terrible decisions because they're so afraid of failing again? Some of them will make profits. Even though they're terribly reviewed. What I don't understand is... Well, and some of them were the, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, which were, those were really good, but of course we don't associate them with the DC universe as much. Right. I just think it's surprising that they can't make a movie that gets better critical attention when they have decades of material to work from. I mean, this is the Marvel thing of they have just taken the best storylines from their, from, you know, decades of comic books. Oh, exactly. And... Because the comics have changed so much, there have been so many different stories about every character. Mm -hmm. Even if you change it to something that was never in the comics, it's not like you're changing the one narrative they've ever had. And you have already seen the types of things that you can do with the character, and they're falling back on that. Yeah. One more thing. What they say is fear Mm -hmm. in this movie is much closer to paranoia. Yeah. It's... It's it, it's just interesting because like some of some of the time it's fear, but a lot of the time, especially with Hector Hammond, it's paranoia. Yeah, which is different. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't always seem afraid. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, he's worried about what people are thinking of him and saying about him, which is a super common paranoia thing. Yeah. So our next movie is actually going to be done with a guest, mm-hmm. Andrew Grissom, who has been a longtime friend of. and works in um, a lot of film and TV stuff. Yep. And we're going to be talking about Wild Wild West. Starring everyone's favorite polite rapper, Will Smith. Yes. (laughs) In what's arguably his best movie role. Ooh. I mean, the range he shows. And we'll talk about that (laughs) next time. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us... Write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.